I, Devin, I can't even tell you how many times I would type in, like when you would put on Instagram or just put out there, Hey, what kind of topics do you want to hear about? And I would type in to that box, you know, retirement and the depression that comes with it. And I would delete it right away because I was, again, it, to me, it felt so silly to be so distraught about both of our careers. When again, Joe wasn't winning Stanley cups and playing in the NHL. And I wasn't, you know, playing with Brianna Decker in the Olympics. Like it, to me, I was just, I kept questioning myself, you know, no one needs to hear your story. Like you didn't have this like wonderful career, but then you think about it. And there's so many of us mainstream players and partners that we still have to retire. We still have to go through ending playing career and lose a little bit of our identity. And that's takes emotional and mental toll that not everyone talks about. You're listening to Breaking the Ice Podcast, a podcast I created for wives and girlfriends of pro hockey players. My name's Devin Dodero. I'm the wife of Charlie Dodero. We have two dogs, a little boy Crosby, and a baby girl on the way. We spent eight months of the year living the hockey life in Europe, but we've also spent about five seasons in North America. I've been around the block, sometimes just for a cup of coffee, but I wanted to share the tools, resources, and what's helped me along the way while also learning every week from each and every one of you. In this podcast, we share tips, tricks, do's, and don'ts for all things women, all things hockey, friendships, trades, long distance, moves, and life in general, so you don't feel so alone. So put your headphones in, go for a walk, and feel like you're sitting down with your best girlfriends. Oh, and make sure to follow the page on Instagram, Breaking the Ice Pod. Let's lace them up and tune in for a new episode every Wednesday. Is it just me or are these weeks like completely flying by? Every week I am publishing another episode just like, holy hell, how did another week go by already? It's just crazy. Like it's so hot during the summer that goes on and on and on with the heat and then you look forward to the fall and then it's like a week long. So (laughs) I'm like, slow down. Let me enjoy this cooler weather. I have been going through and processing a lot the last few days, which I want to share with you all, but it's something I kind of need to continue to process and figure out what we're going to do. A lot of people have been asking about what our plan is and where we're playing, and that is still unknown. But obviously, I'm getting further along in my pregnancy, and so it's starting to actually become really, really stressful um, for us, figuring out what our plan is going to be. And it's been very emotionally taxing figuring out what the right plan is. So that's something that has honestly been weighing on me and my husband both the last few days. And it's been really hard. I feel like these this lifestyle can sometimes put you in these very uncomfortable positions where you have to make kind of these life-defining choices that the average person would never have to even think about or consider in their lifetime. Yeah, we're kind of just trying to figure out like what the best tactic is for us moving forward as my pregnancy is getting further along because obviously it's going to get to a point where I can no longer fly. And yeah, so that's kind of what I'm going through emotionally right now. I just, I feel like I'm such an open book and I wear like all my emotions on my sleeve. So I want to just be fully transparent that Um, It is something I want to share with you guys, and I'm curious if anyone listening has gone through something similar. I'm honestly just trying to gather as much information to make the best decision possible. So this episode today is all about retirement. This is such a highly requested topic, and it's something that people don't talk about a lot until you're really in that phase. And I think it's something that's really important to prepare for and start to think about, especially as you perhaps maybe entering into that world in the next few years. So this episode was a very vulnerable one. So I had Suze Lundeen on my podcast, and she was very open about her and her boyfriend's experience into retirement. So they actually both played hockey. They both retired at the same time. And it was very interesting to hear her perspective because she is 
not only a hockey player herself, so I was able to understand the hockey player side of it, but also her perspective as a significant other of a hockey player. So I kind of got both sides. We chatted about what the experience was like for her boyfriend, how they became frustrated with the game. And that also kind of led us into a very important conversation about that frustration element that can lead a lot of people into that choice of retirement. I think that is something that we've never talked about on this podcast. We often talk about like career ending injuries or, you know, just ready to hang up the skates. But we've never talked about like feeling stuck or feeling frustrated with the career that can lead a lot of people into that choice of retirement. A big topic of this conversation was also mental health, how they both suffered through high functioning depression going through this transition and how they seeked help for these mental health issues and overcoming this transition together as a couple. She chatted a lot about how she leaned on the hockey community to help get her out of this time. But we were also able to laugh and make light of the situation while also really diving into those hard topics. So whether or not you're retired already, or maybe this is something in the future for you, or maybe you're just interested to hear what someone else has gone through, this episode is for you. You do not have to be retired or near that transition in order to resonate with this episode. I think every episode there is so much good insight that we discuss that is so applicable to your own life at some point or the other. Because at some point or the other, you are going to be going through this as well. She did such a great job just coming on here and being vulnerable and open. And vulnerability is a superpower. That is how we create those bonds and connections. And that is how we allow other people to feel not so alone. So thank you so much, Suze, for coming on the podcast and just being you and being open. And you guys will love this episode. I really want to share as much as you will let me to a certain extent, obviously, in a respectful manner, but um, I might tear up and just bear with me. I am a emotional, happy, sad, frustrated, anxious crier. I, okay. I cry about everything. But I just wanted to really share this today, especially because, you know, we're all going to face retirement at one point or another. And there are, you know, bits and pieces that... I didn't know if I want to share because a part of me felt almost so silly for being so emotionally ch- charged behind retirement when Joe and I, because Joe and I didn't have, you know, your perfect successful Stanley cup NCAA championship Olympic careers, if you will, like we just had your pretty basic careers, but even leaving, it was hard. So part of me did feel silly being so emotionally charged because of that compared to other people, but I still like wanted to share you know, as much as I possibly can, because like you said, so many people reach out to you and say, thank you for sharing this. So yeah, just bear with me if there's some emotion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Of course. I'm like, I feel like that was like your intro right there. That was like, so, <laughs> but like, we just have to go. We just have to, Yeah, you absolutely can get emotional. Um, yeah. I and, get emotional yeah. <laughs> on podcasts. You're a human and that's okay. And I'm excited you're here today. I know this topic Thanks. is important and Obviously, I also want to have a little bit of backstory on you and your boyfriend. So for anyone listening, we've honestly been talking for like 20 minutes before this. And I'm like, (laughs) hey, press pause. We need to go. We need to go because we're like having good conversations and we need to keep rolling. So um, anyways, but go ahead and introduce yourself for anyone that's listening, just sharing a little bit about yourself, your boyfriend, anything you want to add in there. First off, I feel like I'm going to, you know repeat myself because we were just talking for 20 minutes, but thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate this. Um, and congrats on your new business. That's exciting. You, <laughs> you got to get a plug on here. Um, yeah, my name is Suze Lundeen. I am a portrait and wedding photographer. I am also the girlfriend of Joe Howe, who's the assistant coach at Yale University. I know I say Yale University um, is Yale, you know, scratch that whole part just just (laughs) yell just casual like I just like no big deal oh my gosh 
So yeah, I'm the girlfriend of Joe Howe, who is the assistant coach at Yale. We're both from Minnesota. We're Minnesota kids. Um, we actually met when we were back home training at the same facility over the summer back home in Minnesota. Um, yeah, we were introduced by our vision training, if you will. So it was sports vision training coach, Josh Tucker. Um, I wasn't too sure about Joe right away just because of, you know, having dealt with hockey players before, but then uh, I got to give a shout out to Ellie Siddick and, or now Ellie Lee and Mike Lee. Mike was in the Coyotes organization and Ellie was my teammate from high school. They both played together at St. Cloud and we're also training at the same facility. I remember reaching out to Ellie and being like, who's this show? How kid like, see a weirdo like he's a goalie of course <laughs> they were Those in goalies <laughs> well and Mike is also a goalie too so I knew she kind of gave it to me straight um especially if you know Ellie but yeah she was like no super nice guy I later find out a couple months down the road that I was relying on Mike who was roommates with Joe when they were playing I think they was like US U18s at one point and they had room together but they didn't talk one time to each other because they were competing for the same position. So I was basing this off of Mike Lee's perception of Joe from rooming with him for a weekend and not having talked the whole time. But hey, they, you know what? Thank God for them because we wouldn't be where we are now. <laughs> he made it happen for you guys. Exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So leading up to us meeting, I was playing at Providence College at the time in Rhode Island and Joe had already graduated from Colorado College in 2013. And then I think he was going into what would have, yeah, I think he was going into his second year of semi-pro. Um, so leading up to that, we were both playing at the time. Um, we both come from hockey families. All my uncles played and my dad, as well as his uncles and his dad. So hockey has been in our blood for longer than we could even remember but it's really helped shape and morph us into who we are and it brought us together which we are very very grateful for but yeah hockey has just been there for us throughout the highs and lows it brought us together and it did really test us at certain points um but we meet on the other side that's kind of unique and cool though that you guys both play and I think any person yeah. that's listening who has played hockey as well as their significant other yeah. It's something that you guys can really relate and understand yeah. about each other. Yeah. yeah, it really has pushed, it pushed us together, if anything. Um, and it's very interesting now, especially like with your podcast, like hearing other perspectives of partners who didn't play. And it's really been good for me because it's been very eye-opening. Um, and it's given me a perspective that I never thought I would have on certain situations. Did you guys ever play? You guys never played in Europe. You stayed in North America for most yeah. of his career. Yeah, so yeah. So during my senior year and what would be his last year pro, we actually contemplated if we were going to be able to go play overseas. We want, our dream was to kind of, we knew the end was coming kind of mid season that year. Um, we were pretty disenchanted with the game for so many different reasons that we'll go into later, but we just kind of wanted to end on a happy note. So at one point we were looking for a city where we could both play, um, for women's players, unfortunately, you don't get paid. So I could be an au pair wherever we're at. That was kind of how we wanted to end our career. And again, I told you how um, my mom's an OG expat, was with my dad over in Sweden in the 70s when he was playing. And so my parents were super supportive. They're like, go enjoy, just have that last season together. Um, and you know, with retirement, some dark things happened, especially with mental health. And we didn't end up going overseas. Um, but like I said earlier, or when we were talking previous to recording, uh, we did have a snippet of an experience overseas in Vienna, which is where you were absolutely loved it. Um, so I hope eventually when we're done coaching, when we're empty nesters, he'll eventually coach over there. Obviously a big topic and pretty much what we're talking about on this episode is retirement and your journey, your boyfriend's journey and how you guys yeah. navigated that together. So how long was he playing until he decided to retire and when did you retire and how did that line up with each other? Yeah, it was, we unintentionally ended our careers at the same time, which when you look back was just a hot fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
a disaster, but it was a disaster that, you know, brought to light so many good things. So I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, Joe had played two years of pro, I believe. Oh my God, I'm so bad at this, hon. I'm so sorry if you hear this. I don't even know your own career. Um, So he had played two years. His first year was really great. I know he ended with the Iowa Wild and that was right before we had met. So he was kind of thinking, okay, like I could be an NHL or sorry, not NHL, AHL guy. Um, But he ended up grinding it out in the coast. And again, nothing wrong with that. It's just a different lifestyle um, and it can really take a toll on you. There's something to be said about that. Uh, So he had decided to end his career after he had bounced around from what felt like every single team in the coast. Uh, Joe, I love you if you're listening to this. Um, This is not a dig at you, but it was fucking hard. It was, he knew, I think at that point it was, he was ready, even though he didn't want to be done. He, he knew it was time to be done. Uh, Then flip side on my end, uh, there's a little backstory. So leading up to so funny you saying retirement when really I just graduated from college. That was the end of my career. But uh, yeah, had a typical freshman year, didn't really play. Sophomore year, played a little bit more. Junior year, I was planning to come in strong, had been working with my assistant coach, Meredith Roth, who I absolutely adore. We had been really working on, okay, junior year is your year. That summer before junior year, I had ended up being diagnosed with a severe autoimmune disease uh, that actually kept me from playing and I just needed to navigate. So I took a medical red shirt my junior year. So that whole year was kind of axed out of the picture. Came in senior year being like, okay, this is my year. We're going to do this. Uh, probably could take my medical red shirt the year after. Like, hey, we're going to do this. A couple of weeks into the season, I break my leg my senior year. <laughs> so, oh, no. And... Oh God, I remember we were actually at Maine and playing at Maine and I'll never forget calling Joe actually. And believe it or not, I was on the back of a John Deere tractor being dragged in all of my gear, just no skates through this football tailgate at Maine to go have my x-ray done on campus there. And I'll never forget like calling Joe on that the back of that John Deere tractor being like, hey, pretty sure I just broke my leg. And he just starts laughing on the phone, goes, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you fucking didn't. It's like, yeah, I did. So that was kind of the beginning for both of us. That mid-season or early season for me, I guess, was just kind of the beginning of the end. We were just so disenchanted with the game. We were so frustrated. Um, we really didn't know what to do. And so that was, again, we had each other, which was amazing. We really leaned on each other and became each other's best friends. And uh, we got through it because of one another. Um, so when it came to retirement, we knew it was going to be hard. And I decided not to take my medical red shirt. But yeah, we both decided to end our careers the spring of 2015. Um, and when it ended, it you know, we're at the end of the day, we, we got to play, we didn't end have a game or a season ending injury, we didn't have an illness, there was no deaths, we are so lucky, you know, that we did just get to retire, it wasn't on our own terms, but it was a clean retirement in terms of health wise. Um, but, you know, we were emotional and mental wrecks, we were lost, we had no idea what we wanted to do with our lives. And we felt like a piece of our identity had died. Thank you for sharing all of that. (laughs) I think that an element that people don't talk about is like that frustration element that leads to a lot of people deciding to retire. Mm -hmm. Like you hear of like the injuries or like we, it's, it was time to like hang up the skates, but like Mm -hmm. the frustration element under it of like, maybe not getting to where you want in your career or frustrated about like where you're at in general, like maybe a team or a situation or like the up down does push a lot of people to retire, which can be really hard because I think there's a pull of like, what could have been, or like, maybe I could have done this, like coulda, shoulda, woulda kind of situation. Yeah. Having this conversation with you, I don't think I've Mm -hmm. ever really talked about that on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting to hear your perspective on it. 
No, I appreciate you saying that, especially because I did feel so silly. You know, I, Devin, I can't even tell you how many times I would type in, like when you would put on Instagram or just put out there, hey, what kind of topics do you want to hear about? And I would type in to that box, you know, retirement and the depression that comes with it. And I would delete it right away because I was, again, it to me, it felt so silly to be so distraught about both of our careers when, again, Joe wasn't winning Stanley Cups and playing in the NHL. And I wasn't, you know, playing with Brianna Decker in the Olympics. Like it to me, I was just, I kept questioning myself, you know, no one needs to hear your story. Like you didn't have this like wonderful career, but then you think about it. And there's so many of us mainstream players and partners that, yeah, we it's we still have to retire. We still have to go through ending our connection. Well, not necessarily connection, but we have to go through ending our playing career and lose a little bit of our identity. And that's takes emotional and mental toll that not everyone talks about unless, you know, the stories we do hear are from those big time NHL players. You can probably relate a lot to the player mm-hmm. side of things when it comes to retirement, because I'm speaking as like a wife or like the people that I speak to are usually don't play. I mean, there are mm-hmm. a handful of people that play, but I think that you can kind of relate to both sides of the coin, like yeah. as a partner of someone who plays professional mm-hmm. hockey retiring. And then as yourself going through this experience, even though you're, you know, sitting there saying like, Oh, we didn't have these like long careers or like mm-hmm. we didn't win a Stanley cup or we didn't play in the NHL. It's like, you grew up playing this sport your entire life and so did your boyfriend. And so it's like, that is your part of your identity. Like that's, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like any person that has done something for such a long period of time. And then for that to just come to a stop, it's something that people outside of this lifestyle could not possibly understand. No, 1000%. Because what person is doing one thing for like 20 years, because most people start this sport when they're like, their parents, especially if you come mm-hmm. from a hockey family, you they have you guys in skates at like two or three years old. So. Oh, yeah, we learn how to walk and then we learn how to skate. Uh, but I do want to go back to you saying just from a wife, from a partner's perspective, y- your perspective does matter. I do want you to know that and I want everyone else to know that because just from being on the other side now, when Joe is coaching, I can't even tell you like, I feel so invested now in his coaching career and his team and his organization that, you know what, that identity does extend to you guys too. So it is going to be hard, not only for players, but their partners. And, but from the player perspective, I will say as a player, you live out the best and worst times of your life that you will never forget when you're playing. I mean, you do go on, you have kids, you get married. um, But for the most part, when you're playing, like that's the, that's supposed to be the best time of your life. And you have so many memories again, that you'll never forget. And I'm telling you like, holy shit, you won't forget these things. Like, I mean, I still think about certain games or mistakes that I made and certain drills till this day that will like keep me up at night. Um, But those, and honestly, like those moments help define so much of who we are and it helps shape who we become. Um, So it's easy for us to think nothing but hockey is our identity. So that when you do leave the game, yeah, it does feel like a little piece of you has died. So when you guys were transitioning into retirement, what was that experience like for your boyfriend? So for Joe, it was there's so many ways that you could describe this, but it was extremely hard and it was hard on both of us for so many different reasons. And we, it was hard because we both dealt with it so differently. Um, We went through different phases and it was hard because when it initially happened, we were doing long distance at the time. He had moved temporarily back home to Minnesota with his sister to kind of get his shit together. But we knew our next chapter was going to be in Denver, um, having the connection with Colorado that he did. We knew we were going to end up back out there. So initially I knew it was hard for him. I just from the phone calls we would have, again, we were constantly texting. We were always calling each other. We leaned again. We leaned so much on each other. So for Joe, it was extremely hard. And for both of us, we went through phases. We first went through the phase of like, we wanted nothing to do with hockey. 
couldn't even stomach to just like go help a buddy out and run a mite clinic. Like we wanted nothing to do with it. I remember that spring, we couldn't even bring ourselves to watch Stanley Cup playoffs. It just, we just wanted to remove ourselves from the game. And it's sad because it it's given us so much. And uh, I know I didn't say this when we said this pre-recording, but uh, I already shared with Devin. I am an emotional, happy, sad, frustrated, anxious crier. So if I start to tear up, I'm really sorry. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Please put that in. Serious apologizing. I, right when that happened, I was like, "That is too good to take out." That's amazing. <laughs> oh God, that was the comic relief I knew. It just like snapped me out of my shit. Um, but yeah, like we went through phases. So the first phase was wanting nothing to do with hockey, um, you know, and that it was good because we, I was able to kind of live out my senior spring. I was distracted with that. I was able to really lean into my girlfriends, my teammates, um, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to see them. So that was happening. Then Joe was kind of transitioning from Minnesota to Colorado. Uh, we knew we had to make money. So we kind of scrambled and we both got jobs that, oh God, we just got jobs to make money and they were super unfulfilling, um, which made us even spiral even further into this high functioning depression of having left the game yeah yeah I feel like because if you're going from something that you love and that is part of your identity to doing something that you don't love and you're not interested in it's like Mm -hmm. you're gonna find I feel like find yourself more lost oh my god when that I'm gonna say 1000% all the time um for sure and for me it was like, hey, I knew I wasn't going to play in the Olympics. I knew I wasn't really interested in playing in the NWHL. Like, I knew I was eventually, you know, going to have to move on, get a big girl job. But because we had dedicated so much of our, our lives to hockey, I didn't really think about the after. Um, and again, I had dealt with my autoimmune disease. I had broken my leg. I don't want to blame it on my health. But yeah, I was distracted. I really didn't think about it. Um, So I never really had that time to figure out, hey, what do I like? What am I passionate about? What do I love? So yeah, I was working odd jobs from nannying, working at Lululemon. Um, I was doing marketing and SEO, and then I was working an agency job. And again, it just set us off again into this high functioning depression is what I would say. And I call it high functioning because you know, we're living out life like totally normal. Family really didn't know what was happening. Friends didn't really know what was happening. Um, And again, like a lot of people will probably be surprised if and when they hear this podcast, because no one really knew that we are going through this. We really kept it hush hush. Um, Again, Joe was raised a good old Catholic boy, loves to sweep everything under the rug. And that was another hard part about having such an emotional spiral when it came to retirement he didn't want to talk about anything he didn't um he didn't know how to deal with his emotions and so as he really didn't know what to do neither of us and i'm going to say we didn't know what to do because we truly were so lost without hockey and if you look back like we put so much time blood sweat tears our parents and we don't come from a ton of money our parents put so much money into this game that we loved and so we really didn't know what to do without it yeah I think a lot of men and you know they don't know how to express their emotion like mm-hmm. I mean I hate to speak for all men because but yes yeah from my experience too like that's something that my husband he has a hard time doing as well, kind of based on mm-hmm. how he was raised. Like, mm-hmm. so, and to me, I'm like, well, let me put all my emotions on the table for you. What do you want to know? Let me tell you everything that's going on in my mind. So yeah, but I mean, I, yes, think a, lot of people, I am too. a lot of people listening to this would be like, yes, that is something that concerns me possibly when my significant other does make the choice to retire, because I think mm-hmm. They have all these feelings, but they don't necessarily know how to express what they're going through and what their thoughts are, what their minds are, yeah. which can affect so many aspects in your romantic relationship and your friendships and your 
just general overall happiness um, and mental health. So, or when you say that you were, you know, having high functioning depression, did you yourself and did your boyfriend realize like you were depressed or were you so in kind of a routine of just getting through the days that you didn't really realize it till it got to a certain point? Mm -hmm. So for me, and I'm extremely open about it and I always will be, I have dealt with depression and anxiety since I was 14 and I am medicated for it. I have a chemical imbalance in my brain. It runs in my family. So I was very aware of what was going on where Joe couldn't have known less about what was really happening. Like Um, me, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, we finally, and it really did take a toll on our relationship. Um, We finally, sorry, we finally hit a wall when it started to affect us and our communication was off. We weren't being kind to one another. There was a huge lack of respect. And at one point, I didn't think we were going to make it. Um, Cal never forget sitting in the Target parking lot in Denver, of all places, being like, this is it. We're done. We're not, we're not going to make it. Um, but it pushed us to finally seek help because we didn't want to lose each other. Sorry. Don't apologize. It's okay. Again, like this is why I didn't know if I should share it or not. But again, I know I'm going to, if I can help at least one person or just make sure them let them know that they're not alone, it's totally worth it. Um, but I just remember saying that Target parking lot being like, okay, I have a huge decision to make and I, I don't want to leave him, but it pushed. And I remember driving home and we sat in our front step and we're like, okay, we can't keep going like this. For me, it was seeking therapy and it was seeking help and, you know, having therapy to help move on from this chapter in my life, but also value and appreciate for what it did give me. Mm -hmm. For Joe, it was reaching out to mentors and in that, through reaching out to mentors and old coaches and people he really respect, he realized like, hey, I think I need to stay involved in this game. It gives me structure, gives me balance. And what I will always, always love and quote him on is it gave me you. And that's what I'm so grateful for. <laughs> um, he is as cheesy as it is. He is my absolute best friend. And I don't think, um, I don't think we would be here right now, especially and as strong as we are, if we hadn't gone through what we went through, um, having gone through what we did we have become just as ambitious about each other and each other's careers and lives as we are about our own. Um, So some really beautiful things can come from such dark places like retirement. It's not fun, but you learn so much about yourself and about life. And we are just walking the dog the other day and we looked at each other. I don't know what we were talking about. We're like, do you ever feel like you've lived like 10 lives because of hockey every day? <laughs> yeah. Like, we, we're like, God, like it, we have had the best and worst moments through this sport. And like, but we just, and we love and adore the sport. And it really just rocked our worlds in so many ways. But we came out the other side. And I'm, oh, it was because we were talking about what I was going to talk about on here. And he was like, you talk about our 10 lives that we've lived and <laughs> how many highs and lows we've had. Um, but you do, you go through these phases and you meet people along the way. And again, like the hockey community is what really actually helped pull us out of our rut. Um, Joe actually ended up getting his first position as volunteer assistant coach at DU a couple of weeks, you know, after we had finally been looking for help and he reached out to a couple people and he ended up at DU. And it's so sad that like, I'm going to say this, but him beginning his coaching career at DU saved us in so many different ways. Like I am, and we'll get into it later, but like, I am forever indebted to Emily and Jim Montgomery, Dion and Tavis McMillan. And I have these listed out, David and Melissa Carl and Katie and Matt Shaw, because they 
they were our built-in family and they helped us get through the darkest time in our lives and they had no idea what was happening. As you're talking about like being an extrovert and being like very open with your feelings and being able to like communicate your feelings, Mm -hmm. do you feel like your boyfriend was kind of like, was he, were you able to talk to him like as he was going through this or do you feel like he was like pretty shut down? He was pretty shut down for a good amount of it. But then once I kind of, you know, was like, hey, our communication is off. It was right when we decided we had needed help. We really started to see a difference in communication. And it was then that he really did start to open up. And it was then that we really were able to talk about how we didn't achieve the things that we wanted to achieve in our careers. And just by talking about that, it really made sense to why we were so sad, why we were so upset with how, with ending our careers and how we ended our careers. Um, We, again, we are so disenchanted with the game of hockey. The more our communication got on track, the more he did open up about a, a lot of things. And I think that's key to know is that as much as your partner might not wanna talk, don't nag them obviously because we do that enough in our normal lives but (laughs) um but just try to have those honest conversations and see if they'll bite and don't stop trying if I had stopped trying you know who knows where we would be I mean that's huge that you guys were able to like recognize that within your relationship and also take the step to be like okay like we need help we need like a third party because like obviously our communication's not working and like this yeah. isn't working. And yeah. so I think that's amazing that you guys were able to go see a therapist. And I think that's actually a really important, like vital step of transitioning into retirement. Mm-hmm. I obviously am <laughs> like, my husband's not retired right now, but I do feel like, obviously I know him mm-hmm. very well. And this is a huge part of his identity. And I know for a fact that transition is going to be really challenging for him, you know, towards the end of his career, I guess, because we're kind of like in that phase right now where we're like, yeah, how many, like two kids, two dogs, like how, like we have a house in the neighborhood that we love, like how, how realistically, how much longer are we going to be doing this? Because for me, I'm like, there's no way in hell I can continue this for 10 more years. Um, And so we are having those retirement talks. And I think some of the things I'm resonating with what you're saying is kind of that, like, well, I don't know if I'm ready, like I am ready, but I'm also like, you know, he's kind of like, I haven't achieved necessarily what yeah. I want to achieve. Like I would love to win like a championship or, mm-hmm. you know, X, Y, and Z. And so um, anyway, back to what I was full circle to what I was yeah. saying is that I think that's going to be something that I'm going to encourage him to do as he's going into that transition is to either speak to a sports uh, yeah. psychologist or maybe to go somewhere together so that I can learn how to support him as well because he's not super open with his feelings and he might be feeling all these big feelings, but not necessarily knowing how to talk about them. So my question for you is like, did you guys take anything, like were there any tangible tips or tools that your therapist gave you when you guys were in therapy um, to apply to your life, to, to kind of work through this new chapter? Mm -hmm. For me, it was honoring the game in terms of what it did give me, not what it took away from me, what, not what it didn't give me, but really being able to focus on what it did give me. And I look back and it, it gave me the best of friends, just like partners. You guys meet everyone, like my teammates, I know are going to be my teammates for life. One of my old teammates from Providence College is living with me right now in our little one-bedroom apartment. She needed help. I was there for her. You have this built-in family, and it gave me that. So I was focusing on that. I was focusing on how much discipline it taught me, how hard I worked, and the work ethic it gave me. So it was being able to focus on the good instead of the bad, which is so much easier said than done. And going back to what you said, yeah, like talking with a therapist is amazing. There's not one right or wrong way to do this or tackle retirement, especially when it comes to mental health. There's so many different things. And again, I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what to do when it comes to mental health. But like you said, for tips and tricks, it's being able to reflect on the good because there is so much good that has come from this game. As hard as it is to leave, 
it's hard because it's hard to leave this game because it did give us so much good. It gave us so many friends. It gave taught us so many life lessons. So reflecting on the good was the biggest part. And it was also like learning to let go again, which is easier said than done of what you didn't accomplish. Um, we all set goals for ourselves and lives and we might not achieve those goals and that's okay, but you can't dwell on that for the rest of your life. When you guys ended your career at the same time, you were working these jobs after mm-hmm. briefly, that was just very unfulfilling. So when you did make the decision to retire, then I'm yeah. assuming that you guys didn't necessarily know what was the next chapter for you. And I guess specifically like your boyfriend, like he retired and just kind of like, wasn't sure what was on the horizon. Right. He didn't. So he, he's extremely brilliant. He was a mathematical economics major. So he was working in some sort of financial, exactly. I'm like, hopefully our kid gets your brain. Yeah. Um, so he was working in some financial medical appraising job um, at the time just to make money. He got in with DU and that's when he was just a volunteer at the time. And we, again, had, I had mentioned everyone's name and they had created such a built-in family and they were finally allowing us to have happy memories with this game. So we started to fall in love with the game again. And because of that, we were really able to pull ourselves out of this depression. Um, Again, there's no right or wrong way to do this. This is just how it worked for us. Um, And I really put it on Jim Montgomery, who's now the head coach of the Bruins. He was at DU at the time. And Jim did something absolutely incredible at DU. He cultivated a winning team first mentality, not only with the team, but with his staff, which was then extended specifically to the coaching staff's families. Like we, us wives and girlfriends, we had this just unspoken bond and we are so close and we weren't best friends, but we knew how to be there for one another. And when push came to shove, like we were there, we went through births, deaths, um, highs, lows. And to, again, I'm saying this because we leaned on community and that's so, so important. And so it was hard at the time, again, going back, none of Joe's buddies had retired. It was really hard for him, especially because like all of his friends were playing not, if not overseas, they were in the AHL, like they were kind of all over the map. So Joe really couldn't identify with anyone at the time who had already retired that he was close enough. Yes, he had mentors, but they were older, didn't maybe didn't go through the same experience in retirement as he was. So why this DU experience was so important is because it did give us such great experience to fall back in love with the game, which is was how we kind of started to morph out of what we had been going through. Um, to go back to, you know, my own experience, again, hockey connection, I ended up nannying for the team's chiropractor's family, and his wife was a photographer. And then that's how I morphed into photography and fell in love with it and found my passion. And it lit a fire in me that I hadn't felt since I had played hockey. And I feel like I'm talking in circles and there's so many branches to our story. But again, it's because there isn't one right way to get out of the blues of retirement. And I think everything that you're saying, people will very much resonate with in different ways. And there's so many like little golden nuggets and everything that you're saying too, that I think are, are just really important. And I want to ask you, so I put up a question box, which I was just pulling up right now um, before we chatted. And I wanted to just ask like the audience, what are some questions that they have um, in regards to retirement? So I'm going to just ask you a couple of them. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions is, does life feel boring without the stress of being always on the go? Yes. Yes. And no, I loved when Joe played. I loved like, even though I was I'm trying to figure out the best way to answer this. Life isn't boring. It it dulls down a little bit, but it's <laughs> by no means by it was by no means boring. And especially at the beginning of his coaching career, you don't really know where you're going to end up. There's stability. There's a ton more stability than when you're playing. But again, you're still on the go. Sometimes you don't know where you're going to end up. 
Um, I'll actually never forget when I worked at Lululemon and Vanessa Palmquist was working with me at the time. Her husband uh, had played hockey and Joe had called me like, hey, we might be here. We might be there. And I remember I hung up the phone and this is in the back room at Lululemon. I was like, I just want to fucking know where we're going to be. <laughs> like, but like I knew Vanessa could totally, you know, resonate with that. Do you enjoy having things feel a little bit more stable? Because for me, that's the part that I don't like. Like, I don't like the lack of stability. Like, I like to, and I think so many of us are like type A, like want to know what's going on, want to know where we're playing, want to have time to prepare. And majority of the times it's like not that way. Yeah. So I think that's kind of maybe more so like how I interpreted the question. Yeah. Do you feel like you have more stability, I guess, now that it's over. You feel like a more sense of calmness. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So now I know how to answer this. Yeah. 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 So yeah, life is a lot more calm now. Um, Like I said, it dulls down a bit, but it's by no means boring. You miss the game a lot, but there's a way that you're still connected with the game that keeps your life, you know, going a little bit. What are some tips that you'd give to someone who's not yet experienced retirement? I think this is from like Mm -hmm. a significant other's perspective. Yeah, I would say the best thing to know is that there are going to be dark periods. You know, like I just talked about, there are going to be those moments. And the worst part is when you feel helpless, like you can't do anything about it. And you do have to know that at certain points, you're going to, whether it's you as a player or as a partner, you have to let your partner just be sad. You have to let them wallow in it, which is so it's hard. hard. I'm such an empath. And I think I, if like my husband's in a bad mood, it like definitely affects me as well. And I think that's like hard when you're both yeah. are navigating a new chapter because it's hard to not let their mood or vice versa, like affect each other. Yeah. It's really, really hard, especially like I said, when it does affect your relationship and um, trying to figure out the next chapter in life. You know, we, so many of us, like you said, no stability, the living in the unknown. It's like, okay, we can finally like figure out this next chapter and you kind of have to press pause for a little bit. So I just, my biggest piece of advice is knowing to just slow down and try to really really let go of when you want to overextend yourself and help if that makes sense allowing yourself to feel those feelings like not trying to control okay we need to figure out we gotta it's like that's life like nobody has it figured out nobody yeah and I will say too for partners that you know didn't play allow yourself to also be sad because a huge part of your life has also not necessarily been taken away, but you know, you're closing the chapter on this part of your life. And again, like I said, as much as there's been good that has happened to the player, there's been so much good that has happened for you guys as partners. You've met so many people, you've started this business. Like again, when it comes to an end, it is going to be sad. So I would say just being prepared for that is my biggest piece of advice. But then again, it's not the same for everyone. Some people might retire and be like, this is the best day ever. I get to hang out with my kids. I get to travel. For me, I was like, fuck yeah, I get to fit in my jeans again because I'm not lifting. Like, <laughs> like it yeah. was, so there's so many different ways to go about it. And there's so many different ways to prepare. And I know in past podcasts, you guys have talked about, you know, financially preparing for retirement and what to do for jobs after. Like, yes, do that as much as you can, but also know shit might not go to plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Joe and I, we always joke everything we have ever planned. And I mean, everything, nothing has ever gone as planned. And I know with retirement, especially because we didn't have that routine from hockey anymore, we really had to be okay with, you know, shit going crazy. Like we had to be okay with it. So I would say also just give yourself grace and be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just soaking in what you're saying. And I think 
Yeah, it is. It's definitely like a phase and a life chapter for us too. I mean, just like as a wife, I've never played hockey. Obviously, I don't think anyone would want to see that or me attempt to play hockey. <laughs> but, <laughs> you gotta uh, get on the ice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One day I'll record myself for Instagram, and you guys can see how good I really am. Oh but my um, God. you could start a whole YouTube channel. It would be great. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't want to say I'm pushing for retirement. I think it's right. like when you start having kids, it just kind of adds a whole nother element of stress where I'm like, oh listen, God, yeah. like, this is not, this is not the, this is not the fucking vibe. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not trying to be like in an apartment with like two kids and two dogs. Like, like, this is not. I think about that all the time, even with the, co- like from the coaching perspective, like, and I use our dog as our baby, but like. Joe will be gone and I have to be home and be the disciplinary. Like I have to like keep the house together. So I'm kind of the bad guy. And then Joe comes home from like a week long road trip after recruiting and even like having a game series. And he's like, Finn's like fun guys home. Yeah. You mom, see you later. So it's like, I think about that. (laughs) Cause I, I never want my husband's decision on retirement to be like, because my wife didn't want me to keep playing. Like, and I've always said that I'm like, I never want you to like, stop your career because of me but at the end of the day like I think it's important for every couple in this lifestyle to remember that you are in a partnership and like your feelings Mm -hmm. matter too I've we've had these conversations where I'm like listen like if you want to keep playing in Europe which is probably where we would end our career I'm like we will just need to reevaluate the situations like yearly because I don't know if I can continue to just like pack up and move and like have a lot of the things put on me, I guess. But anyway, back to what my original thought was like, we could go everywhere with this conversation. I'm so like, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready for stability. I'm ready to like Mm -hmm. plant my roots and like start my passions and explore Mm -hmm. like what's on the horizon for myself. And I'm so like adamant about it. But then it's funny because then we're like, kind of like starting to take the steps like towards that. And I'm like, wait, but I don't know if I am ready to be done. Like that means like mm-hmm. I have to go like head first in a career and like we have to like figure our shit out and like actually enter the real world, quote quote. Mm-hmm. So it's it is funny because it's like this push pull of like I want stability, but yet like I actually think I do enjoy this lifestyle. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's it's a little bit of both. It's I do and I don't. And yeah, so I think it's it is important to know that like you are also mm-hmm if you're listening, you are part of this choice Mm -hmm. and you're part of this lifestyle and yeah. Yeah. To just allow yourself to feel sad or I don't know. I'm kind of rambling on and on. No, you're not. And I trust me, I felt like that so many times in all of this, but no, I I can totally resonate with what you're saying. And I want to go back to a couple of things and first off like tips and tricks right away. Like I was thinking about you never want, you know, your husband to retire because you said something. And I will say a huge, and you know, a lot of people might, and we, we were lucky we didn't have kids involved in our retirement. And a lot of our friends that we know that have also gone through it like this, you know, haven't had kids involved, but I have heard of wives being like, you're done. You need to be done. And another tip I would say is just let them go out on their own terms. Let them as you know what, as kids aren't involved if you can financially make it let them go out on their terms again because so much was invested in their careers that it's so important to let them go out on their own terms and again that doesn't always happen but if you can it's the best way to go um and piggybacking off of that too yeah yeah I think what people think is it's like all or nothing. Like they keep playing. That means you have to be there. You have to be moving. You have to have this chaos. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, you can let them go out on their own careers. I talked about this on an episode with Sarah Whitmore. She was like, you can keep playing, but we're not going to keep going because this is too much on my mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing where I think people think it's all or nothing. It's like, you keep playing my life's chaos forever, but it's like, no, actually, like you can keep playing and like I can have stability and we can still make it work. You can make it work. And if you don't, sometimes if you don't let someone go out on their own terms, it sits with them for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And sorry, sorry, dad, I'm going to put it out there. Um, another reason why I was, 
I was pretty aware of what was happening when we had retired is because my mom had gone through it with my dad when he was done. Um, he went through a really dark time in his life and he never really did find his path after hockey. And so my mom has, and I love you, mom, and I'm not trying to put our shit out there, but my mom was the one who pretty much had to pick up the pieces um, when it came to parenting, when it came to finances, like my dad was just so stuck in this rut because he felt like he was so identified only by hockey. Um, and so we've just heard, you know, we did have a friend who was like, I want him to be done with hockey. Like he could get this great job in New York city and just be done playing. And we were like, yes, he could, but it might not make him happy. And if he's not happy, you're not happy, your relationship's not happy. And like, you just kind of have to let them go. And like I said, like, we've spent so much of our lives in this, well, so much of our relationships, not knowing what's going to happen next. And we just kind of have to let that go a little bit longer if we can. And it will, I'm telling you, like, it sounds batshit crazy right now, but it will help your relationship and the person you're with, if not you as a player in the long run. And every relationship is so different and what might work for one person might not work for the other. Oh my and God. I think it's yes. just, the foundation of all of this is basically like communication. And it if totally you are is. not seeing eye to eye, like seek help, talk to a therapist. There's, there's no harm in like finding mm-hmm. a therapist even before you retire. Being like, listen, yeah. this is the next step. Like we're not agreeing. We're not being able to find common ground here. And like having someone else, like be like an unbiased, mm-hmm. like third party, yes. just like helping you guys navigate the situation together, I think would be like so crucial and it, yeah. stepping into that next chapter so mm-hmm. well and I think everyone needs therapy yeah <laughs> like, I, amen <laughs> everyone needs therapy but you know so many of us hockey players and partners we come from such blue collar families that just you know we dedicate so much of our lives and and identify so much with our hard work ethic that's what we do um and so when we put so much work into something we're always proud of it and we identify with it so when we do step away from the game it's like holy shit what what do I do now so I want to end on like a fun question and if you don't have an answer I can take this part out too (laughs) okay so someone asked do you did you do a retirement gift and what are some retirement gift (laughs) ideas (laughs) do you mean he got a retirement gift for me like yeah for all you partners who are not hockey players and we're at the rink all the time with them, you should be the one getting the gift. Yeah, I am the gift. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The fact that I'm Um, here still standing is the gift. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God. The fact that I've been birthing you children, that's your gift. Yeah, Um, exactly. Happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) I... I didn't get him a gift, but now that you mention it, like I always get him like a little like preseason back to school gift if you will you're like I didn't give him a gift I feel like yeah (laughs) well back to school here we go no I sound dumb I feel like I'm like bringing my kid back to school shopping but yeah I always do that um just to kind of remind like hey I got you I support you well I think I I mean obviously I haven't done a retirement gift but I've seen that it makes sense though now that I think about it like even like a nice like it's so funny. Like, actually, this I gifted myself a retirement gift, actually. Like, I'm actually wearing it right now. If you think about, it, like, a year after, like, kind of when I knew Joe and I were going to be, um, we were in it for the long haul, I ended up getting his number on a gold pendant, and I wear it all the time. So, like, Cute. maybe do, like, a gold, like, I always think, like, you can't go wrong with dainty gold jewelry. Like, or mm-hmm. if you guys a necklace guy, do something like that. Um, or like guys are so simple like you could literally get your like if you want like I don't know if anyone wants to get their wedding engraved with a hockey number but like you yeah. could do like on the inside of their ring like get it engraved with like their hockey oh. number or like do like a cute like get their a couple jerseys I know we all love the jerseys I was gonna the say wall. the jerseys on the yeah. wall <laughs> Dude, <laughs> just let them, just let them have it like interactive books that um they're pretty pricey I think they're like three thousand dollars or something like that I need to find it but like it is cool I don't know they're three thousand maybe like 1500 I think it depends on what you're doing but yeah. you basically tell them like your significant other's name and they pull every single article ever 
found about them videos like it's live clips of them playing yeah. hockey like people that's do it amazing. for every sport it is so cool Holy shit that's so cool yeah i'm like do you guys have payment plans because i don't know if i can just like <laughs> <laughs> right away i'm like oh shit they're probably gonna talk about like a game that like joe had like such a bad game or some shit like that if you're like super crafty and creative i think that you could totally make like a little scrapbook with like newspaper clippings or like articles or photos yeah. or whatever you want and that's amazing yeah no that's so. really cool I think the jersey you can't go wrong especially if you do want to frame it I, like I don't know why but I always connect with the equipment guy now with whatever team Joe's <laughs> coaching on and they always have great connections with getting jerseys framed um even photos like being a photographer photos I will always promote and always plug uh you can always connect with the sports photographer that was working with the team and you can always get a nice photo framed um for me I love the neutral colors obviously so a nice black and white photo you can't go wrong with but yeah, yeah I would say if any gift just a way to honor their career and like I said really remind them of all the good that hockey did bring you guys not only them but you as a couple and maybe as a family together yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing and being open and being vulnerable. Never apologize for that. That's so important. And if someone wants to reach out to you, if they've connected to your story and maybe they want to talk further, where can they find you? And then you can also plug your business for anyone that might be looking for a photographer. Yeah, so you can find me. You can always send an inquiry at suzlandinephoto.com. Also on Instagram, Suzlandine Photo. If you want to do an email, Suzlandine Photo at gmail.com. Suzlandine, Suzlandine, Suzlandine Photo, like everything. <laughs> um, yeah, you feel free to reach out. I'm a super open book. I always try to be, especially when it comes to mental health. Please feel free to reach out. Like I said, there's no right or wrong way, but just knowing that there's a community out there that um, is really, really important that's behind you. So just make sure you know that reach out with any questions you might have for photos. I am based out of New Haven. I like to say I'm based out of Minnesota because I go home to see family a lot. I travel wherever, um, newborn, maternity, family, wedding, you name it. I'll be there. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I know I'm a big time rambler, so I really appreciate you being patient. Um, and thank you for sharing my story and thank you for creating this community which I've so heavily leaned on through the highs and lows of this hockey world.